Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Not The Top 20 betting show sponsored by Black Type Bet. Black Type, our season sponsors, are offering those of you who haven't got a Black Type account a £10 free football selection. If you sign up to Black Type and use the referral code NTT20, you will find a £10 free bet in your bet slip when you make any football selection. You can do that without depositing. Give Black Type a go uh, this weekend. And just for us, make sure it's an EFL selection because that's what we're talking about today, the EFL weekend going through the card. If you've already got a Black Type account, you can win a £20 free bet off them. But to do so, you have to win Scoreboard. Scoreboard is our weekly game where you have to pick a game in the EFL that will be nil-nil and another game that will have over 4.5 goals, so five goals or more. Not easy, as evidenced by no winners last week. The week before, though, we had three winners, so very much doable and black type offering a £20 free bet for anyone who does that. George, we're going to get into it now. Just quickly run us through last week's selections and how we got on. Yeah, last week was a it was a better week uh, for myself than it was for you. Uh, the winning nap obviously making a big difference there. Um, so that was handy. So I was plus um, 0.72 with Berry being the one uh, that that two point nap. But we did hit the sweet spot in our match in focus. I went for over two and a half goals. You went for a Charlton win against AFC Wimbledon and under three and a half. We said we needed it to be Charlton to win 2-1 and they duly obliged which was very very handy indeed and very needed for both of us and um, that was one of your two winning selections um, but the losing that meant that you were minus 1.99 so that leaves you minus 19.64 and me minus 7.34. Our match in focus went well last week as you mentioned this week it's Preston against Bristol City now Preston are 10th Bristol City are 6th Bristol City in that last playoff spot at the moment there's six points between them and Bristol City in sixth have played a game fewer than Preston this feels like if Preston were to win it uh, playoff contention back on both for them and for a, a couple of the other teams around them but Bristol City could make a real statement with a win here uh, we've both been looking at this one in general and to me George it feels like there's not an obvious amount between the two teams very similar in, in some ways and both on very good form in general yeah, they're two teams that I basically lump together in my head, um, both with an ethos of developing young talent, uh, both with two managers in, in Alex Neal and Lee Johnson, who certainly have their flaws, but seem to be learning very, very quickly and get teams playing a very good, uh, exciting brand of football where we see lots of goals. Um, the star players on either side are fairly obvious. Alan Brown is obviously a, a favourite of ours. Uh, Brad Potts has come into the team and done very, very well indeed. Ben Davis, something of an unsung hero at the back with Paul Gallagher still pulling the strings in midfield, age 34. Uh, and then Bristol City, we've talk, spoken about how Callum O'Dowd has really come onto the scene in the last few weeks. Josh Brownhill, uh, another key player for them. Adam Webster, the, the star at the back this season for them. So, as you say, two teams who are fairly similar. I mean, one interesting stat that I've come up with, um, mainly being because you know because Preston are, are a team who, who are very, very... Attacking-minded, as I mentioned, and, and they drew a blank for the first time at home at Deepdale um, last time out against Nottingham Forest. That was the first time they failed to score at home since the 21st of April last year. Um, so you can really see there just how good they are at home. And Bristol City, on the other hand, haven't have, haven't failed to haven't not scored in a game uh, going all the way back through to uh, to October, I think it is. So two teams who are, who are very very good going forward. Two teams who who like to attack and score goals. 
Um, but we've spoken as well before about Lee Johnson and his streaks. And the long streak that went on previously has now come to an end with, with a couple of defeats. Um, the, the defeat to Norwich seemed harsh given they were 2-1 up and playing very well. But the, the home defeat to Birmingham midweek is a bit of an issue. So going into this one, slightly concerned that the hot streak, the purple patch for Lee Johnson's uh, Bristol City may have come to a close. Just to, to really echo what you've said and to give a couple of more thoughts about how similar these teams are in many ways. They're both very comfortable with the ball, as you've mentioned there, and a, a lot of technical players in midfield and in the front line for both of them. Um, I, I guess what's maybe less obvious, uh, just from uh, keeping, you know, just from glancing at the, at the league and from watching the highlights, is that they, they're both very good out of possession and especially Preston have improved on this front over the last few months. Bristol City were already pretty good, I think it's fair to say, out of possession, uh, but have become one of the better teams in the league defensively. And Preston, who started the season so leaky, have really shored it up. A big reason for that is the centre-back partnership of Jordan Story and Ben Davis, who you mentioned. Ben Davis through the youth system, Jordan Story signed from Exeter uh, from League Two in the summer. And they've sort of ended up usurping the likes of Paul Huntingdon, who have been at the back of this Preston team for so long. And I asked Ollie Dawes, who's a fantastic Preston fan uh, writes for Deepdale Digest, runs Deepdale Digest, I should say, the Preston uh, blog, just saying that between them, they kind of have it all. Davis bringing pace and composure and and great reading of the game and can play out from the back, um, a a left-sided centre-back. And Story, I think he rates even higher, good in the air, can do sort of the dirty work, but can also play as well. And, And the improvement that they're showing over the last few months is very encouraging, of course, with... Um, Bristol City's defence, they've been one of the best over the course of the whole season. So it's not just that these guys are good to watch and that they can um, play well in possession, but both of them fairly comfortable when holding their shape and and hoping to win the ball and and sort of counter or play in transition. So it makes it incredibly hard to judge what's going to happen here, George. Both of them are are in the top 10 for passes per defensive action, which more or less indicates pressing. It's it's as close to a pressing metric as I have to to hand. Uh, And so that's showing that both of these teams disrupt the opposition's passing uh, a lot in games as well. So very hard to pick. I think they're so well matched that I'm just going to pick a draw, try not to overthink it. Uh, it's 3.4, which is 12 to 5 in decimals. But I'm just absolutely frothing to watch this one. I think it's it's going to be fantastic and incredibly tough to call. So I'm interested to hear what your pick is. Yeah, four draws uh, in their last five home games as well, Preston. So certainly like a draw at home. Um, yeah, I'm going down a goals angle. Um, as I say, I think the fact that Preston um, drew a blank last time against Nottingham Forest, a very defensively astute Nottingham Forest, who under Martin O'Neill won't concede a great uh, a great deal of goals. Um, and also the, the nil draw with Derby before that. But having said that, it was it's back to April, as I say, April last year um, for the last time before those two games where they, where they failed to score. And Bristol City, another team who who, who are attacking-minded and have the tools to, to break teams down. So just a simple both teams to score for me, both teams to score, yes, at four to five with Black Tight. We've spoken a lot about these two teams, uh, Bristol City in the playoffs, having punched their way in to get above Derby in the last few weeks. And Preston has a bit of a dark horse, possibly have, have come too late time their run too late but that remains to be seen I think one thing because we've been very positive one thing we should say is that I think both of these teams considering how many good goal scorers there are in the league playing for other teams for their rivals 
they are both one really strong goal scorer away from being even higher in the league, I think. Jeju has had his injuries, is fantastic on his day, but frustrates the home fans, certainly at times. He has 10 league goals, and Alan Brown from midfield is Preston's top scorer with 11. So neither of them really have settled on a an out-and-out -out striker who's who's going to reach 20 goals, and that might be the thing that's holding them back from reaching um, you know, the top five, top four here. Uh, what's your nap this weekend across the whole of the EFL? We've looked at a game that's really interesting and we should have mentioned that this is an unbelievable weekend of EFL football with West Brom Leeds on Friday night and the Sheffield Derby, the Steel City Derby on Monday night. It's just sensational. Um, but we wanted to pick that one because we feel like there'll be a lot of articles written about those games. They're on TV. You can, you'll be able to find plenty of previews, but hopefully for this Preston-Bristol City game, which for us is equally interesting and exciting. Uh, that would have been a, a half-decent preview for that one. Uh, George, talk me through your best bet this weekend. <laughs> My best bet this weekend, believe it or not, is uh, is Rotherham uh, draw no better home to Blackburn. I'm just not having... I mean, you've just got to keep doing it. I, I know I'm right that the bet against... Um, for anyone who did listen to the last uh, betting podcast, well, the two weeks ago, um, my nap was Rotherham to beat, uh, to beat Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they, they came within a minute of doing so, conceding a goal in the 100th minute. Um, and it kind of broke my heart. But the bet was completely right. I, I said on the time that they were the most likely winner. I think anyone who saw the game or saw the highlights uh, sees that was the case. The fact still remains they've only lost four games at home this season. That is still the same number um, as Norwich. So their home form really is very decent. And, and I'm not going to run through the, the XG data again, but the data supports this. Consistently troubling decent teams at home, consistently having the better of the game. And in Blackburn, they're playing a team who are woefully short of form. Um, Bradley Dack, one of these players who, who lit up the, the, the league early on, but he's really struggling for form at the moment. And you just feel like they're, they're treading water a bit in mid-table, really, um, with, with no real hopes uh, either way. And their away form is, is poor as well. We've seen them get be defeated by Reading, by Sheffield United, by Brentford all in recent weeks, a tour draw at Birmingham. But generally, just the one away win um, since, uh, since September, uh, since beginning of October, actually. And that came at Millwall. So, the, the, again, as I said with Sheffield Wednesday, who since the game with Rotherham have gone on to great things, obviously, under Steve Bruce um, and have been very impressive. So that even adds a, an extra gloss to that performance. Rotherham at home are just not one of the worst teams in the league. And the fact that they haven't won, they've only won one game since September, um, is, is absolutely ridiculous. So, I, I was going to go for the straight up 31 to, to 20, or I think it's now 8 to 5 um, on the home win. But, given what happened last time and the heartbreak. I just can't face it again. They draw so many games at home, so I'm just going to take a little bit of insurance out with draw no bet. And, uh, and yeah, Rotherham draw no bet is my nap at four to five. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing a lot of uh, aerial bombardment, which Rotherham do very, very well. And for Blackburn, the, the, the absence of Daryl Lenehan has been an issue for the last few weeks and will be again in this game. He's right up there. Uh, I think 11th in terms of aerial duels in the ch whole of the championship this season. Now, it'll be Rodwell and you'd have thought Mulgrew uh, at centre-back instead. And quite frankly, just in terms of that one strength in the air, uh, they're both well below his level. So that could be an issue for, for Blackburn in that game. My nap is also in the championship. It's Norwich to uh, win away at Millwall at 6-5. to five. Now, I think... One thing that immediately springs to mind to put you off a bet uh, of any away team at Millwall is the new den, the fortress that is the new den and Millwall's uh, home record there. And really up until the turn of the year, I would never have bet an away team uh, against Millwall. But 
actually that famous home fortress since the turn of the year has, has been nothing of the sort. They've lost at home to Blackburn 2-0. They drew 0-0 with Rotherham and with Sheffield Wednesday. They lost 3-1 to Preston last week, 3-0 down at half-time and, and just looked well out of their depth. And I think one of the issues for Millwall this season has been um, has been creating chances in the same way that they were able to last season. And uh, that the, the front line, whether it's Morrison slowing down, whether it's Tom Elliott maybe not quite being as efficient as as, uh, as he could have been last year. And of course, the injury to Bradshaw and, and uh, Lee Gregory hasn't quite found his shooting boots. So Millwall struggling to create. Um, Norwich are going to have about as much of the ball as they want in this game. Um, and if there's one thing that we basically know about Norwich is that when they have the ball, they create chances. Uh, in possession, they are absolutely fantastic at creating high-quality chances at a, a at a very regular rate. So um, I, I'm aware that last week, Millwall sat very deep against Derby, uh, let Derby have the ball, and Derby struggled to play through them. Uh, but for me, as much as I was impressed with Millwall and their discipline that day, uh, I think this is a very different prospect and a Norwich team that know themselves a lot better than that Derby team do when it comes to playing through deep defences. They've been playing teams who have set up like that over the last few months. They've played teams that try and be physical, try to outbattle them and, and sit deep and try and spring on the counter. And generally, they've dealt with all of that very easily this season. So I, I'm I'm just feeling quite positive that Norwich won't be that flustered. I also think that even if Millwall wanted to sit really deep and play, you know, 4-5-1 and try and sit on the edge of their own box, I think it's easier for them to do that away from home because I know that the the den, the crowd at the den, I don't think they want to watch attack versus defence and they're not backwards in, in coming forwards when there's something that they're not happy about. So uh, I think that there's a huge golfing class between these two teams and I think that Millwall are, are really lacking in confidence at home at the moment, struggling to create chances uh, and Norwich have no such issues. So Norwich to win at 6-5 to five is my nap. Let's go down to, to League One. Uh, Mr. George, where are you looking this weekend? Yeah, hoping to take advantage of a um, of a misperception, you know, a misperception, I guess, of a team who are maybe struggling a bit in, in Doncaster. Um, a couple of back-to-back defeats we've seen in the league. Uh, sorry, no, one one draw, one defeat against against Gunthorpe and Shrewsbury, both on the road. But their home form is still absolutely superb, um, and that is where they're picking up the points and the results in order to propel them towards the playoffs. If you're looking at pure goals scored at home. It's three three two five two, uh, three two two. So you can see absolutely no issues scoring goals at home. They haven't scored um, one or zero in that time, and they're coming up against a Charlton team who aren't particularly impressive on the road themselves. They, they you know, they drawn blanks against Fleetwood and Peterborough. They beat AFC Wimbledon last time out, which you must expect from them. And with the news today, the, the ridiculous press um, release of, of Roland de Chatelet saying that he expects the EFL to acquire the club based on some flimsy um, legal argument. You have to think this is a club. I mean, the job that Lee Bowyer and Johnny Jackson are doing there is absolutely unbelievable, given the off-field issues. Um, and it'll be a hell of a task to keep them to keep them in the playoffs. And this is a big six-pointer for them to ensure that Doncaster are kept at arm's length. But I just think that this, this Doncaster team have nothing to fear from Charlton at home. And I think basically against any team in the league, uh, Doncaster be rightful favourites here. So um, at the price we're getting, um, which is six to five, um, I'd, I'd probably be backing this even money odds on. So um, so six to five, um, pretty pretty happy to uh, to throw a point at Doncaster. I think in a normal week this would probably be a nap, but um, but I do I do love my Rotherham boys. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm throwing my point at 
the team who are cut adrift at the bottom of League One, and it's Wimbledon. I'm, I'm taking. Yeah, nice. I'm taking. Like that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> it means a lot to get uh, to get the the green light from you. I've also backed Norwich as well. So I've basically, so far, I've backed everything we've spoken about. Nice. So this is good. Okay. That's well. Is that good or bad? Who knows? Uh, uh, Wimbledon. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm going to take them a draw no bet, uh, which is at fifteen to eight, just a shade under two to one. You can get them at a hundred to thirty, um, just on the straight one by two market. I, I just feel quite strongly that Wimbledon are not as bad as the league table would have you. Uh, would, well, would suggest would have you think um it doesn't necessarily mean or in fact it definitely doesn't mean i think they'll stay up uh, because of the the gap that there is now but i i just think when they play against any of these teams in the bottom 10 and we've spoken about how every team in the bottom 10 is basically a relegation candidate at the moment i don't think there's any golfing class between any of those teams and wimbledon i don't think uh, the I don't think that shows up on performance data, but I also don't think it shows up in person. The reports that we get from teams who play against Wimbledon, uh, it suggests that they are certainly not out of their depth, put it that way, which might be what the table would suggest. Um, we know that they're very inconsistent. We know that their strikers have struggled to finish off chances all season, and that's held them back. And they're playing Shrewsbury, who have had a similar issue, but Shrewsbury have had a, a good week, and I think this is why their price is quite short and why Wimbledon's would have been on the drift. Um, ultimately, I just don't think there's that much between these two teams. I'm not getting carried away with Shrewsbury winning uh, two in the space of a week. They beat Peterborough. Uh, they were 1-0 down. Posh went down to 10 men for, and had that. That was in the first half. So they came back to win that one. And then admittedly, they beat Doncaster well in midweek. Uh, they were good for their lead. Donny did create a few chances of their own, uh, didn't take them. Uh, but it was a good win and Tyrese Campbell looks very sharp up top uh, on loan from Stoke for Shrewsbury. We know that Doherty is, is a class act in midfield. But I'm expecting this to be a 3-5-2 against a 3-5-2. It's going to be really, really stodgy. Wimbledon have the bodies in central areas, both at the back, uh, to essentially double team Tyrese Campbell if they need to. And certainly midfield to get very tight to Doherty and make sure he hasn't got any chances to thread balls through. Um, I'm not expecting it to be a classic for sure. Um, I just think that there's not that much between the two teams. And so to have Wimbledon draw no bet uh, just under two to one um, uh, and and a Shrewsbury side that their own fans will tell you is wildly inconsistent and has all season been prone to to horrendous defensive mistakes. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to pick Wimbledon here. What about League Two? Yeah, League Two. I, I was annoyed midweek for anyone who listened to the to the Monday podcast. Um, I, I kind of tipped up without being really able to tip up uh, Exeter at Lincoln. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, we all know what happens next. Johnny Kende scores a 93rd minute equaliser um, to really, you know, if there wasn't already a dagger in the heart, uh, to really stick it in there again. But but Exeter, a team that I'm, I'm looking to get behind now, having been pretty anti the, most, uh, the whole um, at the, the start of the season when I thought they were running very hot. The, the data suggests that they've much improved their performances and, and the results are coming as well. And to go to Lincoln, not many teams will, will enjoy the, the dominance that they had over Lincoln for, for large parts of the game um, until a, kind of the last 15, 20 minutes where I think the barrage uh, of Lincoln's physical play, I think they had uh, McKinley and Reed all up top and firing balls up to them, which was in the end effective and many teams will struggle to deal with that. But, but Matt Taylor is doing a massive job um, you know, listening and, and reading what extra fans are saying. Um, I mean, Nicky Law seems to be the, the player that, that, that is getting people really excited. But um, Hiram Boateng coming back from injury as well should be fit for this. So they're a team I'm positive about. Tranmere have left their, their 
really poor away form behind. Um, they went through that period of, of conceding about five goals a game away from home um, and losing most of them. But that has has stopped now. Um, a really good uh, performance and result away at Port Vale um, last weekend was uh, last Tuesday actually. Um, the Tuesday before the weekend was was important and they got them back to winning ways. But I'm not taking much um, credit and relevance out of beating uh, this current Port Vale team who are sliding back. Um, pretty quickly towards non-league if they don't do something about it. So, um, yeah, I think the extra, the, the price at the moment, the market just slightly undervalues them. Um, annoyingly, there have been a bit of money for them since I did my research this morning, but I think at 11 to 8, um, they still rank as a good bet. I'm going with uh, with Crew Alexandra, and I'd like to talk about a few uh, truths today. I've been trying to, to make my selections with a clear head, not trying to overthink things. Um, so, in terms of absolute truths, George, I'm just going to throw this to you like I'm some sort of kids entertainer. Uh, All right. George, what do we know about Crew? What are two truths about Crew Alexandra this season? Superb at home, terrible away. Perfect. Okay, I'm glad you're on board with that. Superb at home, terrible away. They're at home to Northampton this weekend, and I'm picking Crew to win at 6-4. to four. Uh, Well, they've been good at home all season, but since Christmas they've... Uh, both well they've either won or been basically level in the xg battle in all their home games so uh, continued uh, dominance um, creating chances and and restricting the opposition for the most part data wise they project very well and in the results as well which is important too six wins three draws two defeats in the league since christmas Um, they're improving they have grown into themselves this season. They're learning how to win. Well, they've learned how to win now, which they were struggling to at the beginning of the season. They've got a very settled first eleven now. And they found a way to get potential match winners, uh, Charlie Kirk and Callum Ainley, who play on the left and the right of a 4-4-2. They've managed to get a system where these guys can excel uh, and also to have two strikers in Chris Porter and Jordan Barry that, that work the opposition in different ways. Porter physically, Bowery stretching them with pace. Um, they've got a, a very sort of standard central midfield, hardworking um, with a bit of quality as well and a, a very settled backline now. So I just trust Crew much more now than I would have done three or four months ago. I can't say the same about Northampton. Uh, I've certainly made the mistake of picking them a few too many times this season. Uh, I thought that they had turned things around under Keith Curl. Uh, now I'm just not so sure, really. They seem to have settled uh, as a, a, a very much a mid-table side and, and nothing better. So crew, very good at home. That's a truth about this season, and I'm hoping to carry that through this weekend and for them to beat Northampton. Uh, BTTS and the long shot to go, George. Which game have you got both teams to score fancy in? Uh, yeah, Forest Green against Lincoln. Um, I was surprised just looking through. I mean, I, my record on these has been pretty poor recently, but my my method just seems to be looking through the uh, the card and seeing the ones that they just surprise you. And uh, and here, um, it's seventeen to twenty each side. So pick and price is BTTS, yes and no. Um, Lincoln are a team who very very rarely um, draw a blank, and, and you can say the same about Forest Green, especially at home. And um, this is a game that's so important to both teams after Lincoln drop points. Um, on midweek and, and Forest Green obviously losing to Mansfield and losing ground on their promotion rivals as well so it's a massive game for both teams a draw isn't really good enough and and both rely on their attacking I mean very very different attacking talents it's, it's worth saying different styles of football and different ways of getting the ball in the back of the net but both very adept at doing so and um, yeah and a, a pick and price is at 17 to 20 uh, very happy to uh, to go BTTS yes at, uh, at Forest Green 
Yeah, I'm picking Swindon and Colchester, BTTS, yes, at 4 to 5, 1.8 as a decimal. And this is in no way linked to the fact that yesterday I sat down with Richie Wellens, the Swindon Town Manager, for the fifth uh, episode this season of NTT20 Meets. The first time we've sat down with a, a current EFL manager, incumbent in the role. Um, and it was, uh, well, it was quite the... It's quite the experience. It was quite the education. Richie uh, corrected me in my introduction to him, uh, which which didn't reflect <laughs> didn't reflect that well on me, and didn't necessarily uh, give me much confidence going forward. I'm still on the fence as to whether I accept uh, his correction. He was basically saying that uh, his first game in charge of Swindon, in which they lost four 0 to Carlisle, and he had been appointed a couple of days before. He's basically not claiming that on his record. So when I said. 26 points from 16 games. He was saying, no, 26 from 15. So, uh, I, I mean, I'll let the listeners decide. I know that Mike Holden messaged me earlier saying he's all right with it. He, he's all right with Richie not claiming that one. But uh, I wasn't so sure about that. Anyway, it, it was it was an unbelievable hour chatting to him. Uh, he had a, fa- a fascinating career. Um, ca- came through the ranks at Manchester United and by his own admission, uh, was basically not a very good young professional uh, in, in a few different ways. Didn't behave particularly impressively and found himself at Blackpool uh, playing in a stadium with, with two sides and, and uh, a training pitch, which was so windy that you had to aim your crosses at the centre circle in order for them to reach the penalty box and stuff like that. Um, but I think the most interesting bit for me was talking about his uh, philosophies as a manager, how he wants his teams to set up and how he wants to develop this Swindon team. And I found it difficult not to be quite convinced that Swindon are in are in good hands. I mean, the results in the short term have been good as well. And I even I even put the XG numbers to him, which may or may not have been a very good idea. He said that uh, stats like that give him a headache. Anyway, um, I did mention that Swindon have projected very well under Richie Wellens, one of the top six teams in the league in terms of uh, XG ratio. And he seemed to accept that, but he didn't love the the use of stats as much as as maybe we do. I'm sure I'm sure he wouldn't have accepted it if it if he'd been in the bottom four or five. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. But anyway, my point is that that under Swindon we're seeing um, you know a, a change in style, and there are teething issues. And and what that has meant is they haven't always won games, even when they have looked very impressive, even when they've passed well and pressed well for the most part. Uh, they're finding it perhaps tough at this early stage to perform at a very high level for 90 minutes. They're up against a good Colchester side who have a number of different threats from Smodix uh, in the 10 role uh, to Courtney Senior out wide and, and the likes of Frank Nuble as well. Uh, they can hurt you in a number of different ways. And, and I don't think Swindon's defence is necessarily at, at its highest level, shall we say, at the moment. Um, but I do think that they've got plenty of threats themselves going forward. Watching clips from their game against Grimsby last week, they probably should have won that game, drew 1-1. And Keshi Anderson looks absolutely electric at the moment. Just playing on the half turn, um, at great pace, beats a man. He's, he's got a fantastic shot as well. So BTTS, yes for me and Swindon Colchester at 4-5, to five, which leaves the long shot and you're staying uh, in League 2 for this one. Yeah, Grimsby against Cambridge. Um, I'm going for a correct score. Our long shot record is absolutely terrible. Uh, it must be said. So I mean, I, 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 I can't speak for you, but I haven't won one since. I think I think Brad, I, I I had Bradley Dack to score first once, and he did. That was I in about week four. If we weren't doing long shots, and I'll, I'll run the numbers here because I think we both won one. I think if we weren't doing long shots, we'd probably both be in profit. Don't say that. 
interestingly. Should we just bin it off from next week? Well, yeah, <laughs> just pull them out. Yeah, I mean, um, we might as I well. I don't think we can do that. But no, no I think the poor people who... Uh, no, because it's about time. I mean, they're only five to five or six to one shots. It's about time we landed one. And I'm going to land one here. Um, Grimsby at home to Cambridge. Uh, Cambridge on the road. Uh, pretty dire. They have scored one league goal in their last eight away games. What? Um, yeah, and that was in the one nil uh, one nil win against Notts County. So, and what do we know about Michael Jolly's Grimsby? I mean, at, at worst. They don't concede many goals. I was hoping that was going to be another call and response. Oh, right. Although I wasn't what sure. About, what do we know about, what do you know about Michael Jordan's Grimsby? <laughs> um, they are quite good at home. Yeah. They've, uh, <laughs> in, in, they've won their last three home games, 1-0, 3-0 and 1-0. Um, and generally over the course of the season, they've had a few 1-0 wins, beating Colchester, beating Crawley. Um, this isn't going to be one for the, uh, for the neutrals, I don't think. And despite their struggles on the road, Cambridge have only conceded four goals in their last five games, um, losing three of them. So it's a correct score go. Um, I just don't think that the you know the probability chance of of, of Grimsby winning this game one nil tallies with it with the six to one that's on offer. So um, my long shot is Grimsby to beat Cambridge in a pretty boring one nil win. It doesn't have to be boring to win, to be honest. As well, I mean there could be five penalties and be one nil and it would still pay out. But um, yeah, one nil Grimsby. Yeah, fair cool, enough. Um, well. I was talking about truths earlier and uh, you've sort of, this week you've picked Rotherham again in the championship and of course I think it's completely natural over the course of the season uh, and over the course of doing this that there are certain patterns that will emerge, certain uh, certain ideas that we both have about certain teams and they play out often with us picking them or going against them uh, on the betting show and anyone who listens regularly will probably be able to list Three or four or five off the top of their head. Um, I've got the perfect match. This is like two of my favourite rules uh, going head to head. It's like it's like two of my favourite betting rules in League Two are going on a date. And I cannot wait. I, I can't ignore it either. When you have a feeling like this, you can't ignore it. Rule one, uh, George, you'll know this one. Everyone will. Yeovil, not very good and haven't been mm. for three and a half months now. I thought you say three and a half years. <laughs> Yeovil's, Yeovil's atmosphere at home, horrendous. Fans don't like the manager. Uh, Yeovil's form at home, not very good. Did win last week in a, a, a very impressive victory, 1-0, uh, in a game where they started with a, a youth academy graduate, a left-back, a centre-back, sorry, a centre-forward at centre-back, uh, and ended with the right-winger playing right-back and various other out-of-position players. Um they might have some some players back this week. In fact, I know they've got some players back this week, but I'm not using last week as an indicator personally that they're all of a sudden um, going to go on some sort of run. Uh, there's another truth, and that is that Morecambe are, well, there's sort of two parts to this. They're not very good, generally, we know that, but the key rule about Morecambe is that they're absolutely brilliant against bad teams, and that should be enough to keep them up, as it has been before, against the bottom 10 teams, of which they are one. So against the nine teams immediately around them, five wins, five draws, just one defeat. So Morecambe are very confident in these games. They are used to this sort of game. 59% of their away games this season have gone under 2.5 goals. 59% of Yeovil's home games have gone under 2.5 goals. So both goal shy. It's going to be a bit like that Wimbledon Shrewsbury game. I'm not expecting it to be pretty. I'm expecting it to be low scoring and I'm going to side with Morecambe here. I have to back this 
for me, I, I feel very strongly about this. If I didn't bat this, I'd be letting down my forefathers, my ancestors who, who lived their lives with honesty, who kept reproducing more and more Maxwells and various other surnames so that eventually there'd be one who would try and talk about the EFL for a living. And it's me, the chosen one. This is for them. I'm backing Morecambe and under 2.5 goals at 9-2. to two. I cannot believe you've just called yourself the chosen one. <laughs> just within just within this ultra-specific example and within my lineage, I do feel like that uh, in this instance. <laughs> anyway. And maybe, maybe a little hint to a, uh, to a previous life as well. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it from us. Sign up to Black Type if you haven't already. If there's a fancy uh, that you like this weekend, whether it's one of our selections or, or one from your own laboratory, get involved at Black Type. Uh, you can sign up using the offer code NTT20 and what you'll get is a £10 free football selection. Uh, our selections this week are as follows. In the championship, both of our naps reside. Norwich, for me, away at Millwall and George is picking Rotherham, draw no bet in their game. In League One, I'm taking Wimbledon, draw no bet and George is going with Doncaster at home to Charlton. In League Two, Exeter for George and Crew Alexandra for myself. BTTS, yes, for me, Swindon, Colchester. And for George, yes, Forest Green against Lincoln. The long shots, Grimsby to win 1-0 at 6-1. And Morecambe to win with under 2.5 goals in the game against Yeovil at 9-2. Our match in focus, a game we're really excited about this weekend, among many others, is Preston, Bristol City. Uh, we spoke about that in depth at the top of the show. I've gone with a draw in that game at 12-5. And George went with both teams to score. We're so grateful... Uh, for you and for you listening to all of our podcasts. This is the third podcast this week from Not The Top 20. If you haven't heard the other two, please do go and find them. An interview with Richie Wellens and the Monday breakdown of last weekend's action. We'll be back again on Monday and that's it from us. 